Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus did. I have the incredible privilege today of interviewing a good friend of mine and a faithful minister of the gospel across the world, Samuel Hakim. Samuel was born into a nominal Coptic Christian family in Cairo, Egypt. At age 14, he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. He continued his studies in Egypt and graduated from Cairo University. He is the founder and president of Redeeming the Nations Ministries, an Arabic media ministry to reach the Arabic-speaking world with the good news of Jesus Christ. His passion and dream is to give every Muslim a chance to hear the gospel at least once in their own language. Samuel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roy, for having me. Please start by telling our listeners about your ministry, Redeeming the Nations. Well, Roy... I was born and raised in Egypt, a Muslim country. I went to public school where it was mandatory for us to study Islam Mm. and even memorize a good portion of the Quran. Mm. Uh, Later on, I came to America, and I felt that the Lord is telling me, it's not an accident that you were born in a Muslim country. Mm. It's not an accident that you learned the Arabic language, which is the language of the Quran. It's not an accident that you learn the culture Mm. of the Middle East. Mm. I planned that for you. Mm. It's not an accident that I allowed you to study the Quran, which I was very frustrated when I grew up as a Christian, and it was forced (laughs) on us to study and get bombarded and you know, uh, with the religion of Islam, Mm. it's their way of brainwashing Mm. the younger generation. Mm. But the Lord later convinced me that it's not an accident. Mm. This is the training period that I allowed you to go through. Now it's time to use the training in action. Wow, that's cool. When I grew up, because my birth name is Samuel, Hmm. It was giving that I'm a Christian in a Muslim country. <laughs> no hiding. <laughs> no hiding. So I suffered a great deal hmm. because of that. Hmm. And to be honest with you, I grew up not liking Muslims. Hmm. I didn't even want to preach the gospel to them. Hmm. Back in Egypt, it was not allowed. If you share the gospel with a Muslim, you can go to jail, both wow. of you. Wow. Or you can get killed. Mm. So I didn't even want to evangelize Muslims. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to share the gospel with them. I didn't want them to go to heaven. So keep them out of heaven. (laughs) Keep trouble out of heaven. It sounds like Jonah. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. I Mm. can see myself Mm. in the book of Jonah. When the Lord started prompting my heart that there is a lot of Muslims around you. And I love them. Because the gospel is very clear for God so loved the world. Mm. And that includes Muslim people, (laughs) include Buddhists, include black and white. Everyone is included. Nobody is excluded from God's love. So I said, I love them. I died for them. Mm. Would you tell them that I love them? So the Holy Spirit starts changing my heart from inside and start planting this love of God Mm. for Muslims. And what I use for Islam, Islam for me, is an acronym, 
and stands for I sincerely love all Muslims. Wow. So we praise uh, the Lord. Uh, that mm. was the beginning. Mm. And by the grace of God, back in 1996, the Lord put it in our heart to reach out to Muslims in America. Mm. Of course, it was hard to invite Muslims to a church. So the Lord prompted us to start a TV program. At that time, we were broadcasting on cable access television. Mm which was free and accessible to the public. A TV program to share the gospel in Arabic language, 95% mm. of the Middle Eastern are Muslims. Mm. So when you speak Arabic, you are mostly reaching out to Muslims. Mm. And the Lord kept growing the ministry from 96 until now. This year, we're celebrating 25 years in ministry. Wow. Wow. Now, we are broadcasting on international satellites we are on 14 international satellites wow. covering at least about uh, 98% of the globe so wow. muslims anywhere in the world can have the opportunity to hear the gospel in their own language wow. we're talking not about muslims but i'm specifically talking about muslims who speaks arabic mm. which is about at least 5 to 600 million muslims around the world wow So if they are in Australia, they can hear it. If they are in Latin America, they can hear it. North America, they can hear it. It's surprising that sometimes I got calls from China, Muslims Mm. who live in China, Mm. and they watch our broadcast. Wow. And we thank God now with the technology that we have, we are on uh, social media as well, Mm. YouTube, Facebook, and you name it. Whatever opportunities the Lord might have in the future, we'll try our best to use it to advance the kingdom of God and share the gospel with everyone. And like you shared, it's my heart to give every Muslim a chance to hear the gospel at least once in their mother tongue. Wow, that's amazing, Samuel. What are the most common obstacles to faith that you've seen when sharing the gospel with Muslims? Muslims have a lot of misconceptions because Muslims believe in three heavenly religions, that's uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm. They believe in three heavenly books or holy books. Mm. That's the Torah, which is the Old Testament, the Injil, which is the New Testament, and the Quran, their Mm. book. Mm. And they believe that all those three are from heaven, they are from God, and they talk about the same God. But Mm. there is a lot of misconceptions. There is misconceptions about Islam itself Mm. that they don't know. Mm. But for me, I like to share the gospel. So we Mm. talk about misconceptions about Christianity. Mm. When you talk to Muslims about Christ, they have issues, number one, with God, who God is. Mm. They have a great misunderstanding about God. Mm. In the Quran, they have what they call the 99 most wonderful names of Allah. Mm. Allah is the name of God in Islam. Mm. And let me warn the audience here, I'm using the words loosely here. Mm. Many people think that we worship the same God. Mm. Many people think that the word Allah is the same like the God of the Bible. Wow. Mm. And to make it even more challenging that The word God in the Arabic translation, in the Arabic Bible, it's Allah. Mm. It's very similar, very close to the word Allah. Mm. Like when Muslims say Allahu Akbar, it's a phrase that we all know Mm. about Islam and Muslims. So this is not true. Mm. 
Mm. We might use similar name, but the meaning of the word is different. Mm. So their misconception about God or Allah, they have what they call the 99 most wonderful names of Allah. Mm. In princes, God. Mm. Some of those names are good. We will accept it as Christians and it will agree with the biblical teaching about God. Mm. Like he is the merciful, mm. he is the loving. Actually, the word loving is not there. They just try to force it. <laughs> Never once in the Quran talks about God as a loving God. Really? They wow. don't understand that concept. <clears throat> wow. He is a police officer that's waiting for everyone to do a mistake, then take them to jail and beat them up. Wow. So they are afraid of God all the time. They don't understand the loving relationship with God. Wow. And this is part of the misconception. Mm. But some of the other names about Allah is very evil, is very rude. Mm. Like God is the best of deceivers. So one of the names of Allah in Islam is a deceiver. Wow. The murderer. This is different than the attributes of God in the Bible. Mm. So we need to explain to them Mm. those misconceptions explain it to them and mm. help them to understand it another misconception that Muslims struggle with is the trinity mm. when you talk to them about the trinity they understand a physical trinity or they think that we understand a physical trinity like God the Father got married to Mary and produced Jesus mm. and you know you are an apologist and you know that this is not a new concept Right. This existed even way before Islam. Islam started in the 7th century, yeah. but this existed long before Islam. Yeah. And it's a misconception. So we need to talk to them about that. Who Jesus is. Mm. They believe in Jesus as a good man. They believe in his miracles. They believe that he's a prophet. They believe that he was born from a virgin, and he is the only one that was born from a virgin. Wow. But when it comes to the deity of Christ, that he is God himself, but since we cannot reach out to God, God took it on himself mm. to appear to us in the form of a man so he can communicate with us and he can help us mm. when we cannot help ourselves. Mm. So they struggle a lot with that. Again, I'm not giving an explanation sure. about that. I'm just sure. trying to explain that there is some obstacles in the way and we need to prepare to give an answer mm. for everyone who asks about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ Amen. for eternal life. Amen. So there is a lot of theological obstacles that we need to prepare for. Satan doesn't want them to understand that. Mm. Mm. And when they grow up with it since birth, you talk about Jesus, God. So taking a man and make him God. Number one, you believe in the Trinity. So you are worshiping multiple gods. I see. Number two, you are taking a man and worshiping him. Mm. And that's not what Christians say, not what the Bible teaches. I see. I see. You know, interesting enough that about 70% of the Quran is taken literally out of the Bible. The wow. Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm. Wow. There is a lot of stories in the Quran is copy and paste from the Bible. Wow. With a little twist, mm -hmm. there is some issues, but uh, there is a lot of historical errors in the Quran, mm -hmm. even about the biblical stories that they took out of the Bible. And mm -hmm. the unique thing, the Bible agrees with even 
secular history. Sure. It doesn't contradict with it. Mm. Uh, the Bible is not a history book, but yeah. it talks about human history because it talks about God's story with mankind mm. Mm. and how God wants to help us to, to reach to him and secure eternal life. Mm. The Bible talks about geographical places and it agrees 100% with non-Christian history and, right. and geography. Even it's not a geography book. Right, right. But in the Quran, you will see a lot of stories that got twisted mm. and doesn't agree with the Bible or secular history. Mm. Doesn't agree with the Bible or secular geography. Interesting. Wow. So Muslim have understanding about the Bible and they are asked in the Quran to read the Bible. Mm. And Muhammad asked them, if you have a question, go ask the Jews and Christians. Wow. The people of the book. When, wow. When he talk about the book, he refers to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Wow. But Muslim believe that the Bible that we have in our hands today is corrupt mm. and changed by Christians. Mm. Mostly to remove anything that talks about Muhammad and Muhammad is going to come as a prophet after Jesus. Mm. So they say, the Bible doesn't talk about, your Bible right. doesn't talk about Muhammad, so right. it must be corrupt. Ah, I see. Wow. Of course, there is a lot of books, a lot of seminars have been done around that, mm. and we can have a dialogue with them. We don't want to argue, we don't want to fight, but sure, we want sure, to reason. Sure. Yes, exactly. Wow. If somebody is searching for the truth, we want them to find the truth. Yes. But for example, who corrupted the Bible? Jews or Christians, those are two different groups against each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it was corrupted, mm. what it was corrupted? What mm. we're going to do with the manuscripts yeah. that yeah. we have all over the world for yeah. thousands of years and we have thousands of manuscripts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we going to do with those? Yeah, yeah. I think that's very fascinating. Are there a lot of Muslims that if you engage them, as First Peter 3.15 says, with gentleness and kindness and respect, and you say, let's go on a journey together. Let's search for the truth together. Have you found most Muslims to be receptive and open-minded to that kind of a journey together? That's my personal experience. Hmm. I don't want to attack Muslims. I don't want yeah. to win them. It's not a battle. Sure. We are not fighting together. Yeah. But I approach them with love, mm. with respect, yeah. and I share the truth with mm. them. And I have many Muslim friends that I sit across the table with them and we have a meal together and I tell them, my friend, because I love you, mm. I found sure. something good and I believe in it. Yeah. And if this holds true, I want to share it with you because I would like to see you with mm. me in eternal life. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Mm. And if you don't have Jesus, you're not going to be able to make it to heaven. Mm. Would you allow me to explain to you what I know? Mm. And it's up Amen. to you to, to choose. Sure. In my personal life, I believe strongly that our goal is to win my friends, not to be our friends only. I don't want to stop at the friendship level. Yeah. I want them to be my brothers and sisters. I want to see them going to heaven through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's Amen. my goal. Amen. In my belief that there are three things are has to work together, has to line up together mm. for that to work. Mm. Number one, God have done all the work. Amen. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price. Amen. The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, 
is the one who touches lives and Amen. changes hearts. Amen. It's not my job to convert anyone. Amen. But I have a role. My role is to be the messenger to deliver the message, mm. to mm-hmm. share with them what God gave me. Mm. So God has a role. I have a role. But it's their role mm. as a listener, mm. as an audience, mm. to respond. Amen. They can accept God's message or can reject it. Mm. At the end, they're going to stand individually before his throne and give an account. Mm. And I pray that they will open up their hearts and listen to the Holy Spirit speaking, whispering gently in their hearts and respond to him and accept Jesus as their personal Savior. Amen. Amen. What a great message, Samuel. We've known each other for many, many years, and I can see that is your heart. That's always been your heart, the heart of your family, to reach out to people in love and respect and say, this is a good message, but you have to do something with it. So praise God. You know, let me add to that because I see something in the culture nowadays. Mm. We are becoming very touchy and we want to be politically correct. We do not want to offend anyone. So in the name of love, we don't want to share the gospel because we love them. We don't want to offend them. Mm -hmm. And if I don't share with them, when they stand before the throne of God, how would Mm -hmm. we feel? Yeah, yeah. Is it love to see somebody going to the lake of fire and don't warn them? Mm -hmm. What is our role as Christians? Mm. Yeah, that's a great message. And I think... There's a misconception among many Christians that apologetics is arguing with people. It's yelling at people. It's telling them they're wrong. It's winning an argument. And what we have found is apologetics at its heart, the way the Bible describes apologetics, the way Jesus did apologetics is with gentleness, respect, and love, and out of a heart for somebody to be changed and somebody to be healed and somebody to be saved. And so, wow, that's great. Actually, I feel that Jesus was the greatest apologist. Yes. Because <laughs> he was full of love. He was full of truth. He's full of grace. Yes. But out of love and grace, he shared the truth openly, and he called things by the right name. That's right. And he confronted <laughs> the deception. That's right. You talked about the culture is moving in a certain direction where people are more confrontational, they're more divisive, they're more sensitive to things that they would consider politically incorrect. What about the youth that you've seen, especially in Muslim cultures? Do the youth seem to be more open-minded? Have they been brainwashed? Are they looking for truth? What's been your experience? Is it easier to reach the youth in a Muslim culture? What we have seen, Roy, is a lot of youth in the Muslim world are rejecting Islam. Hmm. And there's a difference between the theological Islam, the teaching of Islam, and the cultural Islam. Hmm. A lot of them embraces Islam as a culture. Hmm. This is a, the way the family get together. Sure. So this is cultural things. And I tell people always make a difference between what is cultural, what is religion. Hmm. Hmm. But most of those youth, even they are living in a Muslim culture and they are embracing the culture and holiday and celebrations, Mm. intellectually, they are rejecting the teaching of Islam. Mm. Especially in the last couple of decades, we have seen an increased violence in the Muslim world. Mm. And they look around and say, Islam is not the answer. Mm. 
I cannot believe in a God that uh, turned human being into vicious animals that they kill each other. Mm. This is not a God that I want to worship. Mm. And as a result, many of them turns into atheists. Mm. They reject any religion altogether. They reject God completely. Mm. If this is God, I don't want him. Mm. So they turn into atheists, agnostics, whatever mm. you want to call it. But mm. I don't want to believe in this ugly God mm. that orders people to kill each other. Mm. We haven't seen anything good out of Islam. So why do I believe in it? Mm. So I don't want to deal with God. Interesting. And I believe this is a landing stone on their path where God allows them to focus and rethink mm. either to become a hardcore atheist sure. or we have a responsibility to share the truth about God with them. Mm. And they respond to that love. Mm. Like I shared in the beginning, never mm. one time in the Quran it was mentioned about God as a loving God. Mm. Mm. When you go to the Bible, the whole Bible about is God right. is loving us and he wants to save us. Wow. He wants to rescue us. Mm. He wants us to love our neighbors. Mm. So the whole Bible is about two commands. Mm. Love God with all your heart and yeah. love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So loving God reflects in our relationship together mm. as neighbors, as human beings, mm. whether we are Muslims or Christian, atheists, Buddhists, whatever right, it is. Right. We should love everyone because we came from the same race. We are neighbors. Mm. Mm. So because of that, many young people are turning and searching and finding the truth. God does not mm. play hide and seek with anyone. Sure. If there is a person who is seeking God, God is ready to reveal himself to those people. Amen. And we see a great number of Muslims coming to Christ even through dreams and visions. And mm. thank God for the internet nowadays. Yes. Amen. They're finding a lot of answers on the internet. Mm. Mm. So do you have any advice for people living in the Portland area or the Pacific Northwest or, or wherever somebody might be hearing this radio show and they have a Muslim neighbor, a family who lives next to them, or they have schoolmates or people on their soccer team or whatever, how would you recommend that Christians can reach out to Muslims who might still be you know, culturally engaged, but like you said, they might have been down this path of rejecting intellectually the religion of Islam. What's the best way to reach out to them? The best way to reach out to them, number one, you need to equip yourself. You need to study Islam and understand the, the mindset of a mm. Muslim, the culture of Islam. Mm. Islam is not just a religion. Mm. It's also a culture and language. And mm. There's mm. so many things that you can learn. Mm. It's good to share with the audience that part of our ministry also, we focus on two things, evangelism and discipleship. Mm. Share the gospel. And this is the Great Commission. Go and evangelize everyone. Go and make disciples yeah, and yeah. teach them all what I taught you. But the third leg of the ministry is mobilization. Mm. Number one, we need to turn those new believers into disciple makers. Mm. Number two, we need to equip the church to share the gospel with our neighbors in mm. our community. So we do a lot of seminars mm. uh, and workshops for churches to understand Islam and the Muslim culture. Mm. So we need to equip ourselves. Number two, which is really important, is to understand the Bible. What is the teaching of the Bible? Mm. What is our <laughs> calling? What is the Great Commission? Right, 
Right. A lot of time we get distracted because we want to be sensitive to other people. So instead of sharing the gospel, we want to show that we are good people and do good work. Mm. So hopefully they will notice that we are good because we are Christians. <laughs> but at the end, we are pointing the finger that I am good. It's not me <laughs> that I am good. It's God is good. That's Jesus right. loves them, and yeah. I want to share the love of Jesus with them. So the best yeah. approach is the direct approach. Mm. Don't beat around the bush. Mm. So share the gospel, share it lovingly, mm. respectfully, mm. directly. Mm. I will add an important word, intentionally. Mm. If we are not intentional about sharing the good news, we are making a big mistake. Mm. It's always a pleasure. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Roy, for having me. Now, how about you? Do you have Muslim friends or neighbors that have misconceptions about the Christian faith? Do you feel prepared to answer those questions? Do you feel prepared to answer your own questions? There are so many excellent resources that can help you get equipped and feel confident in your next conversation with your Muslim neighbor or friend. You can find some resources at our website, theambassadorsforum.com. Also, you can go to Samuel's website, rtnm.org redeemingthenationsministries.org for more help as well. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.